they will call themselves Christians. They'll call themselves believers, Christ followers. And so this morning, what I want to talk to you about in this series on radical discipleship is the sign of a healthy Christian, the sign of somebody who's truly following after Christ. And I've called it roots and shoots. And um, the shoots, by the way, are, are not this kind of, not that kind of shoots. It's like shoots that come off of anything that is alive, anything that's living. And uh, I would say this to you this morning, that unless you have roots, uh, you'll never have shoots. Unless you have roots in your life, you'll never have any signs of life about you, at least no signs of spiritual life. And I want to talk to you about how important it is for you to, to have roots. So here's the thing. Last week, we said that Jesus made a promise to us. And he said to us that if we would base our lives or build a foundation of our lives on his teaching, on the teachings of Christ, then no storm, no torrent, no difficulty, no struggle would make us fall. We would be able to stand firm. We would be able to make it through the storms of life. And there's not a person here this morning that hasn't been through some storm. In fact, maybe you're going through one this morning or, or just this past week. Maybe, maybe life has dealt you a real tough blow and you think, oh, you're reeling from that and you just wonder, like, how, can I, how can I make it? How, how, can I, how can I hang in there so I, I don't find myself giving in and, and falling apart? Well, here's the thing. Um, Jesus said that all those who built their lives on his teaching, which can be summed up, remember, in two commandments, love God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and love others as yourself. Uh, Jesus said, if you live this way, then and only then will you stand. Then and only then will you know success and happiness in your life. And so this morning... um, uh, I want you to recognize that in order to do this, in order to live this way, it calls for some pretty radical decisions on how you're going to live your life. It, it calls for a radical change in the way that you approach your life. And so um, I'd like us just to be reminded this morning what, what a disciple is really quickly. It's somebody who follows Jesus. And uh, this process of discipleship is growing in the Lord Jesus Christ, being equipped by the Holy Spirit, to live the life that Jesus has called you to live. This is what it means to be a Christian. This is what it means to be a disciple. Remember I reminded you last week that um, initially people who, who were, were Christians, before they were ever called Christian, they were first of all called disciples. They were called uh, one who was under discipline to a master. And I actually like that term better than Christian because Christian is kind of has a wishy-washy uh, meaning nowadays. If a person is born into a Christian home, well, then therefore they're a Christian. But this is absolutely, absolutely not true. What makes you a Christian is that you have surrendered yourself to the Master, the Lord Jesus Christ, and you've said, Jesus, I'm going to follow you. Now, before I go any further, I just want to point something out to you. Notice that Jesus is called the Lord Jesus Christ. And people who don't recognize him as as the Lord Jesus Christ so often will simply refer to him as Jesus, as though he were just another teacher. Listen to me. We recognize that Jesus is not just a teacher, right? He's our Lord. He's our master. And we understand that as Christ followers, we are called to do whatever he tells us to do. So here's the thing. Um, The wonder... And the joy and the genius of the Christian life 
is that if it's done right, it will yield a fantastic life for you. And I don't think there's one person here this morning that say, I don't want a fantastic life. But listen to me. This is why Jesus came to this earth, to teach you how to have a great life, to teach you how to have a fantastic life. That's what he said, right? I've come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. But listen to me. Just because you say a sinner's prayer does not mean that it happens automatically. Jesus came and lived here to show us how we also ought to live. And so um, I love what Tony Campolo used to say. He said, you know what? He said, I've lived my whole life as a Christian. I've lived my married life as a Christian. As a parent, we had a Christian home. And he said, my life is so rich and so exciting and so, so much fun that he says, even if there were no such thing as Jesus, I'd still be a Christian anyway. <laughs> I like that. Because here's the thing. The teachings, the principles of Christ are set in motion, set, are set there for you and I so that we can have the kind of life that we want or that we long for. But again, it takes some big decisions to live radically for Jesus Christ. Now, most people just simply let life happen to them. You know what I'm talking about? It's like, oh, whatever comes. I mean, it's just it's luck of the draw. My, my marriage is ending in divorce. You know, you, you can't win them all. <laughs> or or uh, maybe your, your, your friendships are, are, are falling apart and you just think like, you feel like, oh, well, you know, you, some, you, some, you can, some people you can be friends with, some people you can't be friends with. Um, your career is falling, falling apart. It's like better luck next time. Or, or it's not my fault that it's falling apart. It's somebody else's fault. And we, we excuse, we ex- make, try to make excuses for why our lives aren't what they need to be or not where they should be. I want to I I tell you this morning that Jesus is calling us to live in such a way where you're not just simply making excuses for why things aren't working out in your life. You, I, I want to I show you how you're going to get to the root of the problem, how you're going to find out how to make your life and how to make your marriage and your career and your family life great. Because this is what Jesus wants for you. This is what it's all about. And um, if you're feeling powerless this morning, like there's nothing that you can do, uh, and you, you know, you say, but Pastor, I've tried counseling, I've tried reading the books, and uh, you know, we, we've, we've done what we be- best we can, and it's just, it doesn't work. I'm going to tell you something. That is a lie from the pit. Because Jesus, Jesus shows us how you can make it work, how you can make your life great. Now, I'll say this. There are things that we do. There's what we call coping mechanisms to help us when things don't go the way, we ought, the way they ought to go. Isn't that true? You know, when, when uh, we've got marriage problems, we just, you know, we may have to come to the place where we say, okay, well, just let him do his thing and I'll do my thing. And, uh, you know, we'll make jokes about it and, and just sort of, oh, you live your life, I'll live mine. I was, we're watching um, HTV, Gloria's favorite channel, and uh, it's, uh, it's a they're showing a young couple who were getting married and they're looking for a house. And he said, uh, there's one house he really, really liked. And the reason he liked it is because it had a a separate little little, um, guest house. And he said, this is fantastic because this will be the place where I can go to get away from her. Now, how many know, men, that is just a wrong, wrong thing to say? Even if you're thinking of it, you don't say it, right? And so this guy's saying, this would be a place where I can get away from her. And I get, it's amazing because the camera was on her face when he said that. And she turned around and looked at him 
as if either she was going to kill him or die. She was absolutely shocked that he would be thinking and even talking about having a place where, she, where he could get away from her. They're not even married. They're not even buying a house yet. And he's already thinking like that. Well, you know what? We're, we're kind of shocked at that. We know it's wrong. But yet so many of us, uh, if the truth be told, kind of live that way ourselves. And if it's not to do with our, ki- uh, with our spouse, it's to do with our kids and even our career. We, we try to cope with that. And we, we come up with ways to, to, to sort of just survive. God doesn't want you just to survive. He doesn't want you just to sort of make it through and, you know, if you cross the finish line, and that, that's good enough. God wants you to be more than a conqueror through Jesus Christ. He wants you to be victorious. He wants you to know, to know the joy of the Lord. He wants you to know the excitement that belongs to everybody who follows Christ. Now, Jesus came to this earth to show us how to get this life right. He calls us to radical discipleship. Take a look at this next passage of Scripture here. It's found in uh, Luke chapter 8, and if you've got your Bibles, you can turn there. And um, in teaching us this radical discipleship, uh, I want you to know this morning that you can, you can stop trying to figure out how to live this crazy life and, and just simply start living the way Jesus tells you to live. How many know today that it would be a cruel joke if God says, you know, I want you, the way you're going to get into heaven is if you have a great life. And if you don't have a great life, then you're not getting into heaven. That'd be cruel because you're like, how do I do that? Well, Jesus shows us how. You don't have to figure it out on your own. You just have to do what he says. That's what we said last week. And uh, the way we're going to do that is by putting down roots. Look what Jesus says. He says, a farmer went out to sow his seed. Some of it fell on the road. It was trampled down and the birds ate it. Other seed fell in the gravel. It sprouted, with, and, but withered because it didn't have good roots. And then other seed fell in the weeds. The weeds grew with it and strangled it. But other seed fell in rich earth and produced a bumper crop. And then Jesus says this, are you listening? I mean, really, are you really listening to what I'm telling you? Why does he say that? I'll tell you why. Because this parable defines absolutely everybody in this room. It's, this is for you. Because you are going to fit into one of those four categories that Jesus lists here. Uh, Before I go any further, just let me point out that the seed that Jesus is talking about is, in fact, according to Luke 8, 11, it's the Word of God. And these uh, different kinds of earth uh, represent the four kinds of hearts. One of us, every one of us here has got one of these kinds of hearts that Jesus talks about here. Uh, it's the, you've got the road there, you've got the gravel, you've got the weeds, and then you've got the rich soil. Now the question this morning is this, which, is you, which one of these is you? Do you, do you is, your road, is your heart the road, that trampled down road where the seed, seed cannot sprout, it cannot put down roots? Is that you? Or maybe you're like the, like the, uh, the gravel there, with the, the roots go in a little bit and... Uh, but before long, it, it, it's choked out because there's not enough soil there for the seed, seed roots to go in. Maybe you're like the, the heart that's the weeds. It's, uh, it's, you've heard the word, and you're happy to hear it, but before long, the cares and the concerns of life choke it out. Or maybe you're the, you're the heart, which Jesus describes as 
the rich earth. Now, I'm gonna, I, I just, one of the things that really amazed me and has amazed me over the years as a pastor is that people, the same people can come to church week after week after week, month after month, year after year. Some will grow spiritually and others won't. Some will develop and some will not. Some will sit there for years and before, before long you hear, you hear word that somebody has fallen away from God or has, you know, they've, they've turned away from the whole thing. And you scratch your head and you wonder, how on earth did that happen? How, how could the same people sit there week after week? One grows and the other one dies. Spiritually, that is. I know of many people, when growing up at Calvary Temples, and, and, and listening to Pastor Barber, arguably uh, one of the greatest preachers that this country has ever produced, the same people sitting there week after work, week listening to the Word of God, and suddenly they just fall away or they get distracted. You, what happened there? How did that happen? In fact, right here in this church, I've been here uh, over 15 years, and I know of some people who... Uh, they're, ex they're at exactly the same place today that they were when I first got here. And yet others have grown and taken off. They've matured. And they've seen good things happen in their life while others have not. What, what happens here? Well, Jesus describes the, the issue. He describes the problem. The problem is your heart. The condition or the state of your heart. Jesus says that the seed that falls on the earth and, and the bird that comes to get that seed is, is, uh, is he, he describes it like this. He says that it's, it's like this. The one whose, whose heart is like that trampled road where the bird takes the seed away, where the seed doesn't get a chance to grow. Uh, that's the heart where Satan swoops in and steals the word of God from that person's heart. That person lets the devil have his way. We don't talk about the devil too much anymore. And I'm going to tell you this morning that it's, he's a very real threat. And he'll do anything and everything in his power to, listen, to steal the word from your heart. Did you hear that? Because here's the thing. The greatest threat to you is not, you know, evil spirits lurking in the background. Or, I mean, and that's, boy, that's big on TV right now. It's very popular. It's a big movie coming out. I think this came out on the weekend with uh, Anthony Hopkins. I didn't see it. I will never see that. But what is it about? It's all about the power of the devil. Listen to me. I'm going to surprise you this morning. The greatest threat that Satan has for you is that he steals this word away from your heart. He will do anything and everything in his power to cause you not to read this book. Have you noticed that? Every, how often have you discovered, you, you, know, you're going to, you set a time, you're going to do devotions, you're going to pray and read your Bible, but there's always a distraction, always something that comes up. You, listen to me. If you, if you want to know the the word of God growing richly in your heart, then you need to be aware that there is someone out there, and his name is Satan, that wants to do everything in his power to stop you from reading your Bible. Stop you from, from devouring that book and letting it touch your life and change you. That's the first kind of heart. The other kind of heart is one that Jesus describes as gravel heart. And uh, he says, you know, that that seed falls on that, on that heart and the person receives it with joy. They're excited about it. And uh, before long, it withers because it doesn't have any good roots. 
What happened there? Well, very simple. Very simple. You hear the word, but you don't do anything with it. That's what James, James says that. Don't be just hearers of the word. You've got to be doers of it. Here's the thing. You hear the word and you don't put it into practice. You don't do what it says. It'll die in your heart. And before long, spiritually speaking, you're dead. You're backslidden. You'll find yourself not living by this book, but you'll find yourself living like everybody else. And then you wonder, why on earth isn't my life working out? Why is it all falling apart? I go to church on Sunday. But the Bible doesn't say that that's the way to grow spiritually. The way to grow spiritually, my friends, is by making sure that this word takes root in your heart. And then there's those who Jesus calls the, the, the heart that's full of weeds. The word of God comes into your heart, but all the cares and all the worries and all the concerns and, and all the pleasures and, and all the things that you deal with in life, suddenly that takes first place. Now let me, let me ask you honestly, how many of us here today haven't allowed the cares and the concerns to choke out the word of God in our life? You know, I've got to write that exam. That, so I'll, I'll study the Bible later. I've got to get my bank book balanced, and then I'll study my Bible. You know, I've got to see American Idol. On Wednesday and Thursday, I've I got to see that. And as soon as I see, then I'll read my Bible. The cares, the concerns, the issues of life. Yeah. Some of us here today, this, this, the, the, the Word of God has not been able to take root in your heart. You've not, you don't have roots there because you've, you've allowed life to choke it out. Now listen, it's your responsibility to make sure that the Word of God has first place in your life. That's your responsibility. And when you let the Word take root in your heart, when you put that first, guess what happens? It's amazing. Jesus says it. Seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and then all those things you're going to have time for. All those things are going to work out. You're going to get that exam study. You're going to, you'll do well in that exam. Just don't put God second. Put the Word of God first. And in that... That fourth kind of heart, the rich earth. And Jesus says, well, this is amazing. The seed that falls on, the, on a good heart. In fact, Jesus calls it the good and noble heart. I love that. That good and noble heart, once it receives the word, the word takes root and it begins to develop what Jesus calls a bumper crop. You know what that means, right? That means your life is fantastic. It's productive. It's alive. It's rich. Jesus wants this for you. So here's the thing. If you want to know a bumper crop in your life as regards to your marriage and all your relationships, in your job, and your family, then you're going to have to start doing what Jesus says, and you're going to have to let the Word of God take root in your heart. Because when that happens, then things just start turning around. Now listen to me. There's all kinds... Christianity has really followed the world in so many ways. And, you know, the world says, you know, we've got to have a seminar on how to have a good family, how to have a good marriage, how to have a great career, and on and on it goes. Jesus says, no, you don't need to have a seminar on these things. What you really need is you need to let the Word of God take root in your heart. Because this, my friends, is something Supernatural. You can take information that you learn from the latest uh, marriage guru, and you can take information on the, from the latest 
a family guru. But what you need is you need a supernatural transforming power to hit your heart. And when it does, it produces that great harvest in your life. Because the Word of God is truth. It's alive. Now, the, we use this term radical Christianity, and I've got to tell you, this word radical, is, it's, a, it's a simple word. We think of radical, I mean, and we think right away of people who are crazy, maybe a little bit off the rocker or extreme. The word radical is, comes from a Latin word radix, which means root. It means going back to the roots. And so listen to, the, listen to me. The, the roots of your Christianity, the roots of your faith, are in fact the teachings of Jesus Christ. So if you're going to have a radical Christianity that produces a bumper crop in your life, then you've got to get back to the roots of your faith, which is the teaching of Jesus Christ, and you've got to start doing exactly what he says. Now I'm going to tell you this morning that uh, I, I have tried all my Christian life, and I haven't always been successful, and some of, my, some of my closest friends and family know, but I have tried, really tried with all my heart to live according to the roots of, of my faith, the teachings of Jesus Christ. And I can say to you this morning, and this is not bragging, but I can say to you this morning that I love my life. I love my family. I love my, my job. And most importantly, I love my wife. I love my friends. I love, I love the life that God has given me. Now, I'm going to tell you, this did not happen by accident. Last week, I married a young couple, and um, it, it was sort of like they were in, in at the beginning of the week, and they'd be gone by the end of the week. So I said, look, I've got to sit down with you. I, I don't marry anybody without doing some counseling. I sat down with them, and I began to just pour five weeks of counseling into one hour. That's all we had. At the end of it all, I said this. My prayer for you is that your marriage would be at least half as good as mine. Because if your marriage is half as good as my marriage is, then you're going to have a great marriage. And they kind of laughed and looked at me and thought I was bragging or whatever. I'm not bragging. What I'm telling you is this. Is I'm live, I live, we live our marriage. We live our lives according to the teachings of Jesus Christ. This is radical discipleship. The concentration, listen to me, the concentration is not on me, you know, making sure that I'm romantic and that I brought home flowers or candies or whatever. That's because at the end of the day, that's not what makes a marriage great. It might help, but it's not what makes a marriage great. And when a woman comes to me and says, Pastor, my marriage is falling apart, can you help me? It's not because he, he stopped bringing flowers. You know, contrary to the songs sung by... Barbara Streisand, you don't bring me flowers. It doesn't That's not the part that matters. There's something, there's something far more uh, important wrong with that marriage. And so I'm going to tell you this this morning. I've tried literally to live my, my life by the word in every area of my life. And so the roots of my life are, in fact, this book here, literally. For my marriage, Jesus, it says, Paul says to the Ephesians, husbands, treat your wives the way Christ treated the church. How did Christ treat the church? 
He died for the church. So listen to me, husbands. Husbands, you who think you've done all that you can for your wife, until you have laid down your life, you haven't done everything you can do to make your marriage great. My Bible is my handbook for parenting. The Bible says train up a child in the way he or she should go, and when she's old, when he's old, he won't depart from it. I believe that, and that's why my kids, whatever age they're at, I'm going to still be their father. Someone said to me, uh, well, you know, when they turn 18, that's it. I said, no, it's not. That's when the hard part comes. And I'm going to be my kids' parents till the day I die, whether they like it or not, because that's my job. I'm going to keep on imparting to them the wisdom that I have gathered after all these years. Why would I stop passing it on now? Just because they turn 18? There's nothing magical about age 18. My Bible is my textbook for counseling. When people come to me for marriage counseling, I say, husbands, take the initiative as God takes the initiative. Wives, respond to your Respond to your husband the way the church is supposed to respond to Christ and watch what happens. Things will improve. Those are the roots that I live by. My Bible is my textbook for friendship. Greater love has no friend. Uh, greater love has no man than his friend would lay down his life for him. I try to live that way for my friends. And if my friends are here and they think differently, please tell me. And I'll slip my wrist for you. <laughs> I want to lay down my life for my friends. That's what my Bible tells me to do. And if I do that, then I'm going to have great friendships. And if I'm angry at my friends, and I, the Bible says that I shouldn't let the sun go down on my wrath, on my anger. And uh, the Bible says that if I would forgive them, then God will forgive me. And the Bible says uh, that I should show hospitality without grumbling. This, 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 is, what, this, this is the book I live by. Because I'll tell you why, because I don't have the sense on my, on my own. Gloria will tell you that. <laughs> I don't have what it takes to get this life right. But here, that's why I've got this book. And so here's the thing. I, put my, I, I allow this, this book to, have, to take root in my heart and let the roots go down deep. And it becomes my, my guide for living. It becomes my textbook. And everything I need to know on how to get through this life is in this book. My Bible is my financial advisor. Give, and it shall be given unto you, shaken together, pressed down, running, running over. Get the picture. Lay up for yourself treasures in heaven where moth and rust and robbers can't get, get, get at it. That, that's, this is what the book says. It tells me how to live my life because I can't figure it out on my own. It's my financial advisor. It's my spiritual guide. Guard your heart, for it's the wellspring of life. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge God, and He'll direct your paths. There's the, there's the guidance that I need right in this book. I can begin to touch on all of the guidance and instruction that's there. But I'll tell you this, that when that book takes root in my heart, it literally transforms my life. It transforms me as a father. It transforms me as a husband. It transforms me as a friend, as a pastor, as a neighbor. It gives me success in this life. It produces a bumper crop. My Bible is my comfort. 
Those times when I'm feeling alone, feeling like there's no hope. Then I, I go to my, my Bible, the roots of my faith, and I read that my God shall supply all my needs according to his glorious riches in Christ Jesus. I read that, that he's promised to never leave me nor forsake me. Wow. That's in that book. You're feeling alone? You're feeling like, like life has dealt you a terrible blow? You're feeling like you don't know what to do next because it's bad right now? I'm going to tell you that the, that the birds, the birds that come along and ate the seed, that, that Satan is going to come along and try to steal that, that word from you. And you need to shoo him away. And you need to make a declaration that this is this seed, this glorious word of God is what you base your life on. And you know the, you know the, the, the thing that we recognize about, about these seeds that, that don't grow is that none of them, had, none of them have roots. None, none, of them, none of them have roots. And that's why they all die. And that's why you're dying, by the way. That's why you're not advancing. That's why you're not, no, you don't know the success in your life that you've been looking for. Why, why am I facing failure after failure? Why is it not working out? Could it be that you haven't allowed the Word of God to take root in your heart? Look at this next verse here. Jesus says this in Luke 8, verse 15, but the seed in the good earth, these are the good hearts who seize the word and hold on no matter what, sticking with it until there's a harvest. Can I ask you a question this morning? Have you, have you seized the word of God yet? You say, Pastor, what do you mean by that? I'll tell you what I mean by that. I became a Christian when I was eight years old. And it was in brigades that that happened. There's a boys club, Christian boys club at Calvary Temple. And one of the very first things that we had to do is we had to memorize scripture in order to win badges. Okay, I want you to know, I began memorizing scripture, but I found out really quickly that memorizing those scripture verses, we're not just about getting badges. These verses that I was memorizing were the fuel that I needed to live this life. And so I began to memorize scripture, and I began to love it. I began to read Scripture in bed at night when everybody had gone to bed. And I was excited about it. I was, I was, reading the, I was, I was memorizing Scripture not because I was getting badges, but just because I was so excited about what I was reading and what it meant to me. Now, listen to me. I was like an 8, 9, 10-year-old boy, and I could understand that. So there's nobody here today who can tell me I don't get it or it doesn't do the same thing for me. Jesus calls the person with the good earth, he calls that the good heart. The heart that's open for the principles and the truth that will radically transform your life. And I'd start, that became a pattern for my life. I, started, I, had, I had scripture verses up on the wall and, and uh, in the bathroom. I bought scripture verses that came on little tiny cards in a little plastic bag. I kept that in my, in my pocket. I'd carry it and pull it out every time. If I was on the bus, I'd read the Bible. I tried to memorize those scripture verses. I had it in my car, pasted it on the, on the dash of my car. Couldn't get enough. We've got to get more of the Word. 
fact, you can go to my go to my bathroom in my office, and you'll see there's scripture verses on the wall. Still doing that. Can't get enough of the word. Why? Because when I hide the word of God in my heart, when I let it take root in my heart. It produces a harvest of righteousness. It produces a bumper crop for me. And that's what I want in my life. Who here doesn't want a bumper crop? Who here doesn't want to have a fantastic marriage and a great walk with God and, gr- and be great parents and, and be a great employee and do great at your job? Of course you want that. And it's as simple as that. It's letting that word take root in your heart. In grade eight, I attended a, a bio, an adult Bible study. I was the only kid in the Bible study. And you know what? It didn't even occur to me that I was the only kid there. Because I was so hungry, so longing for, 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 for the meat of God's Word. I wanted more. And then when I was in grade nine, Christmas was rolling around. Mom asked, what do you want for Christmas? And I said, I want... Uh, a King James Thompson chain reference Bible. And there it is. I got that in grade nine. Fantastic. Love that. And I devoured that. And I took it to church on Sundays. This is when I was in grade nine. And I, I got a little yellow notepad and I took notes of Pastor Barber's preaching and writing down the scripture references. I couldn't get enough. Grade 11, I went to, to Pastor Lewis, Pastor Barber's assistant, and I said, you know what? Uh, you've got Bible studies for all the older people, but what about us? And so we called Austin Bennett and had a Bible study for, for kids my age that were serious about going on with God. One of the, when, I was in, when I went to church on Sunday... I was one of the few people that would actually raise his hands to worship God. Now, I'm not telling this to brag. I'm telling you this to say this. If you want to have a bumper crop in your spiritual life, in your marriage, in your family, at work, whatever, whatever you face in life, then you are going to have to let this word take root in your heart. Now, uh, look, look what it says there. It says, hold on no matter what. I'm, gonna, I'm just going to admit something to you really freely here this morning. I'm going to admit to you that living according to the teachings in this book does not come easy. I'll, I'll admit that. But here's the thing. Anything that is great, anything that has worth, is not going to come cheap. And it's not necessarily going to come easy. What you're going to have to do is you're going to have to make a decision to open your heart up to God and say, God, I want to know you, and I want to devour this book. I want this book to take root in my heart. If you do that, and when you do that, you will see your life radically change. This is, not, listen, this is a money-back guarantee. If there's anybody here that finds this does not work, then you can take me to court and sue me. But I'm going to guarantee you that if you do what Jesus says, let that word take root in your heart, your life will instantly begin to change. 
Now, it's not instantly going to be easy, because these are habits. Habits you're going to begin to live by. When things don't go right, you're going to be tempted to, to take matters into your own hands and not do what the Bible says. Can I, get, can I just say this to you this morning? You've got to develop the habit of doing what God says. And I'm going to tell you this. It takes at least 40 days to develop a habit. Did you know that? So 40 days of constantly doing what God says, and boom, you're going to find that you're starting to get the harvest that you're looking for. Someone said this about Chinese bamboo. They said the Chinese bamboo tree is a wonderful plant. You plant a bamboo sprout in the ground, you water and fertilize it for four or five years, but it lies latent. But on the fifth year, things change spectacularly. And in a six-week period, it grows to a stunning 90 feet tall. Wow. Some of us say, you know, if I don't get the results like right here, right now, like this week, then I'm giving up. Start to do what God says. Start letting that seed take root in your heart. Give it time and watch. And one day you're going to suddenly realize, hey, I'm happy. Hey, I'm in love with my husband. I'm in love with my wife. Hey, my kids like me. I like my kids. I like my jo- I like my job. I like my boss. My boss likes me. My neighbors like me. I'm getting a raise. Yeah, that's the sort of thing that begins to happen. Last week when I was speaking about the promise of Jesus Christ that if we built our lives on his teachings that we'd be able to withstand the storms of life. There was a lady that came to see me after the service crying. She said, what you were talking about, that's what I want. Because she says, I have so many storms in my life, and every time that storm comes through, she says, I just collapse on a mess. She said, can I make an appointment to meet with you? I said, you sure can. She came and met with me this past week. And in my office, she said, so how do I get it? How do I get what you're talking about? I said, it's very easy. All you have to do is acknowledge your need of Jesus Christ to take away your sin. You ask Jesus into your life. You ask him to forgive you for your sin. And he'll take away your sin. And then you start doing what he says. And watch your life turn around. She just began to sob. She threw up her hands in the air. She said, this is fantastic. I feel great. And that's because Jesus came into your heart. She went out of the office hugging Lindsay and hugging Taryn and hugging whatever. She gets excited, thrilled. My friends, if you want to know the bumper crop in your life, if you want to know the success, and the joy that Jesus intends for your life, then you're going to have to have a radical discipleship, a radical following after Christ. You're going to have to let that word of God take root in your heart. You have to start living by that book. And every time you have a question, every time you're not sure about something, go to the book, and you'll find the direction that you need. We've got class Discipleship 101 and Alpha. If you want to advance in your spiritual life, then you've got to do what, what Jesus says. You've got to seize the word. You've got to take hold of it. Here's an opportunity.
I challenge you to sign up. Father, thank you this morning for your presence here. And thank you for the reminder from your word of what it means to have a good heart. It's a heart open to your word, a heart that allows your word to take root. Father, we uh, confess to you this morning that we don't take time enough to seize the word. We don't do enough, Lord, to take hold of it. God, we just want to commit ourselves to you the beginning of 2011. We want to commit ourselves to, to being devoted to growing in you and knowing you and loving you and serving you because, God, we know that this is what's going to bring us the happiness that our hearts crave. This will give us, this will give us the great marriages that we want. This will give us the great family life that we're looking for. Help us, oh God, to get to the root of it. Help us, God, to seize that word so that it would grow in us and that we would be productive, healthy believers. We pray it in Jesus' name. And everyone said it? Amen. Amen. Go with God.